So I really just felt over the, ugh, this, the Lord's been working on, on this word for quite some time. Actually, after 412, the Lord's been, been birthing this word in my heart. And, and it, I'm so grateful to, to share it in such a tender moment because it is something tender. It's something vulnerable, really. And I love tender and vulnerable. Um, yeah, I love it. So it's really good. And uh, I actually want to speak about... Yeah, something that I found over the years is really difficult to speak into someone's life. And that's on their fellowship, on their family, and their finances, the three threatening Fs. <laughs> and it is. As soon as you get to someone and you want to talk about their walk with Jesus, I'm not saying everyone, they kind of get, or you talk, want to talk about their prayer life, they or you want to talk about their family, their marriage, or their kids, that's really touchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or their finances, it has to go in there. And, and we've, yeah, it's something that the Lord wants to bring His kingdom through, through how we fellowship, through how we build family, and through how we steward our finances. And if we allow Him to work through us, and cut away that is not of him, and to purify those areas, it actually becomes such a beautiful testament of his glory and his just wonder and awe. And that, if we allow the Lord to work in those areas, and that becomes the testament of his glory, then it can't be private, can it? <laughs> and then the silence falls. <laughs> It can't be private. It's something that becomes public. The way you deal with your wife, the way you train your children, the way you steward your finances becomes a public thing. I'm not saying shouting it off the stage, but it's not something that you can just do on your own and figure out on your own. It becomes something that we're involved in as a body and as a family. And... Uh, yeah, so before I proceed, I just felt, and it's so beautiful that, that the heart has been prepared before I bring this, because I felt like if I'm going to bring this, then there might be a resistance in your hearts. So words has come about a sword, and I actually felt in line with the sword, it's actually arrows being shot tonight. And it's not, it is arrows that will kill, but it will kill the flesh. So I want to encourage you, maybe just close your eyes and just picture your heart open. And as you, as you trust me, and as you trust the Spirit that works through me, that as these arrows go, that you won't defend them, but that you'll actually accept them. And as they hit the flesh, that you won't try and revive the flesh, and that you won't try and keep it alive, but you will die to it. And if what I'm saying now is offensive to you, or maybe even my voice is offensive to you, or you've got an offense towards eldership maybe, or authority, if that creeps up in your heart, I want to rebuke that spirit now. And you do that as well. You say, die. Die to flesh out in the name of Jesus. Huh? If there's a rebellion rising in your heart, kill that rebellion now. As you allow the life and the spirit of God to flow over you now. All right. Because we're saying that. Take my heart, Lord. Eh? Was that true? Take my heart, Lord. Take it all. Take it all, and then what you give back to me is a heart of the spirit, heart of the flesh that is soft and just goes, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, okay, 
So I felt actually to build all of this. We're building, and the construction theme has come through beautifully tonight as well. We are building. Whatever we're doing, we're building. We're building our family. We're building our fellowship with one another and with Jesus, and we're building our finances. And I felt to encourage you tonight to build in good weather. Right? What does that mean? Don't build in the storm. That leads to injury most of the time. Build when it's good weather. So when the seas are calm, there's not a wind that brings massive swells, and there's not rain pouring down, there's not lightning in the air, that's when you build. That's when you have your site meetings, and you look at what you're building and what your foundations are. Do you have steel in your finances, or do you have, do you have enough um, concrete in your, in your spouse's life or in your marriage? Have you put enough steel mesh in your foundations of your children? That's the time when you do it. Not when it's pouring rain and you have to bring the compressors to pump the water out of the foundations because you can't see what you're doing. I'm not a contractor. I don't know where I just got that. But that's very good because we build in good weather. That's just logical, right? We, I mean, it just looks like rain and the contractors doesn't come because... Ne? <laughs> I've experienced that this week. Anyway... <laughs> So when the sun is out and the skies are clear, we're going to work on fellowship and our finances and family, right? And if you don't have kids and you're not married, don't shut your ears to family. There's more to family than just that, okay? So let's look, just look quickly at what Paul writes in Romans 5 verse 4. It's an extract that talks about suffering um, but anyway, so Paul says, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And that hope that that character produces is something that people see in us. It's the lost look at us, and they see hope, even when there's trials and tribulations. They see the hope, and they're like, what is that? I want that. And we want the character that produces hope, that produces hope that people can see that will give them faith to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And our character needs to be built, not just in the testing, not just in the storm, but in the good times as well, in the good weather as well. Okay, so that's what we're going to do today. So I had the wonderful privilege of working for the Dalports and still working for the Ferreras. And it is just beautiful that they're being prayed out today. I don't know just what happened with my voice. It sounds like I swallowed a... <laughs> it's all right. I'm Okay. I've done sound. I know the troubles. Okay, so I've had the wonderful privilege for working for the Dalports and the Ferreras that we just prayed out. I'm still working for them. Don't worry, I haven't left it there. Anyway, but why am I saying it? Why is it important? Because I've been in their houses. The officers were in the houses for a better part of the year. The Ferreras stayed in the roastery, and I came in the morning early, and that means you see stuff. You see vulnerable moments. You see how marriages are being dealt with. You see how they respond to God. You see how they respond to their children. It's not a rebuke. Relax, gentlemen. <laughs> Why am I saying it? I was a witness to good character. And they'd appreciate it if I said that in not all of the moments they were perfect, but they were whole enough. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because let's look at what Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15 to 16. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. 
For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. And it gives me great joy to say that these are men worth imitating. Because I've been with them, seeing how their characters have been tested. Been with them to see how they respond to their children. Been with them to see how their structures are being tested. And it's a good thing to see the responses in that. And that's what I want to say is find men and women worth imitating. It will help you in your walk of faith, in building family, fellowship, and your finances. Okay. The video on Wednesday on accountability, that's part of accountability. It's finding someone that you can walk with, that you can share your heart with, that can be accountable to. But you're also seeing someone that has built their children well. Because we build them. Yeah? We build them. It doesn't just happen. Yeah? I'll say something about that now. So you find someone that has led their children well and has built well into their lives that is worth imitating. And you go, wow, how have you done that? Is that good? Not really. Maybe. Lots of tears. <laughs> I get excited when I talk about character and God testing our character and purifying our character. Why? It's something that when we allow the Lord to work on our character, it becomes something beautiful. And when it's something beautiful, the Lord can use that. And it becomes a beautiful tool in the kingdom of God. It is not just... Character doesn't just happen. It gets forged. It gets tested. It gets, as steel comes out of a hot oven and gets placed on that, what is that called? Anvil. It's not a part of my notes, otherwise I would have looked it up. And the hammer strikes it. That's testing, making sure that it's pure. Which means, if a character is well, it is something, it's a powerful tool in the kingdom. And it's encouraging to each one of us to have a character that is whole enough, because we're never going to be perfect. But that shouldn't be the reason why we're not trying. Yeah? We're never going to be perfect, but we can be whole enough. We can be worth imitating, as Paul writes, because Paul's a sinner, right? He didn't say imitate Jesus. Yes, imitate Christ within me, right? But he's saying me, Paul, as I follow Christ, follow me. It's worth imitating, and that's what I want to say. We should be wanting to be worth imitating, not because of pride, not because of flesh, but because we're whole enough. That becomes a beautiful tool in the kingdom and advancing God's kingdom. Okay, so how do we build fellowship? The true fellowship between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We agree that that is true fellowship between the Trinity. Yes, there's a yes, thank you, Wade. <laughs> And if you're a member of this house and you see yourself as part of this family and you're planted with us, you just experience that oneness, that what I've explained um, earlier as we prayed out uh, the Dalports and the Ferreras is there's something that happens in our hearts as they go. It's sore and it should be sore, but it shouldn't prevent us from sowing them. Okay, but there's a oneness. Okay, let's look at John 17 verse 20 to 24. This is Jesus speaking. 
I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, as that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as, they, as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. It's intertwined. It's interlinked. It's, it's a cord woven together. It's not separate. When, when God looks at, looks at us, He sees Christ. When we look at Jesus, we see the Father. When the Holy Spirit speaks, we hear the voice of God. And so should it be with us. Our hearts interlinked, intertwined, one. And that is true fellowship. Which means when one part goes, it's sore. When one part suffers, it's sore. When a marriage struggles, it's sore in our hearts. When someone is sick, we feel sick as well. That's how one we are in the spirit. Does that make sense? That's what we should build. Okay. Building that so close to, to each other is uncomfortable. But that shouldn't be the reason why we're not building close. Okay. So when we build close together, we will, when our hearts are so intertwined, then yes, it will be sore when someone else has sore. But then the grace of God comes through that as well. But it shouldn't be the reason why we're resisting. And that's one of those arrows that I'm shooting, is don't resist because you don't want to be so close to other people. Don't resist the family of God and the church and the life that there is in the church because you're afraid of what's going to be revealed in your heart. Because it will be, but praise God, it will be revealed. And there'll be freedom in that. Who can attest to that? <laughs> Amen. There's freedom in that. Awesome. Okay. So this is intertwined, interlinked, so that when the storm comes, right? Because it will come. The storm is coming. The storm is brewing. It, it will come and it will pass and there will be another one. But when you're in and you're one, you won't be this loose sail on the side, flapping aimlessly in the wind, hanging on for dear life. But no, you'll be strapped down, linked in. You'll be vested in and one with us. Our beautiful story of that is as we moved to Stellenbosch after we were married, we found Josh Jean, or it found us, but we joined Six months in, I was working away a lot. And at that stage in time, I was actually a spotlight operator for a ballet show for open air theater. And then everyone went, what? <laughs> yes, I was Vian, yes. <laughs> anyway, so Jess, uh, she's just barely 18. Uh, she's yeah, barely 18. At, no, you were 19 at that stage. It turned 19. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And we're in Stellenbosch, one vehicle. We're in Josh Jen, six months. 
It's not about Josh Jen. It's about oneness and family, but that's just the name now. And uh, Jess was sick. We didn't know what it was at that stage. I was working. It's literally the audience is walking in, and we're going to start the show. I'm the spotlight operator. Without me, the show will not happen, okay? I was the second operator, so I didn't cover the lead, but it's besides the point. That's not the point. The point, however, is Jess phoned me and said, I can't breathe. I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because we didn't, we were in family, but I was, I was in, we were in community. We were in a community on a Wednesday night, but with me working away a lot, I, I couldn't, I couldn't build. I couldn't, I couldn't tie myself, I couldn't weave myself within the life of the church because I was so detached practically with work. But we were in a com, there were deacons, Stuart, and I phoned him and I said, Jess is at home, she can't breathe, she doesn't have a car, please just go. And I spoke to my supervisor, got in the car, and we met each other at the hospital. So literally, by the time I got to hospital, he already picked up Jess. They were at the hospital. I looked at her. I'm like, are you okay? Do you have all your documents, medical card, ID? And I was like, I have to go. They're phoning. They're waiting to start the show. I have to go now. Are you okay? Yes, she's okay. Stuart, will you stay with her? Yes, don't worry. Go. Sorted. And I left my wife with him. He needs to now take care of her. She's in hospital. And that was real. That was real. I mean, we've barely been married for a year, and I have to leave her and leave her under someone else's care. And that bonded us in that moment, and it wove us together in that moment. And we felt so cared and loved for in that moment that it stays with us now. It's one of the beautiful moments that we still reflect on. And she was fine afterwards and got some medication, took her home, and she laid on a couch until I finished my shift. And we went home, and uh, our hearts were knitted together. At a drop of a hat, they were there. They were serving. They were giving of themselves to us through fellowship. How do we build family? Okay, so I want to specifically hone in on marriage and kids. But if you don't have a wife or a husband and you don't have kids, this applies to you as well, right? Are you building into your spouse? Are you building into your husband and your wife? Are you sowing into their hearts? Are you building trust with them while the skies are clear? Because when it's tough and the pressure's on of work and sick kids or just decisions that need to be made, are you then need to deal with offenses that you didn't deal with last week when, the, when there was calmness and the ocean was flat? Are you then needing to deal with unforgiveness that you haven't dealt with when it's raining and pouring down? It's uncomfortable nah, when you try and do it then. But do it, don't not do it. But, <laughs> but try and do it when the sun is out. Do it, just do it. Are you allowing the sun to set on your anger or your unforgiveness? That goes for all of us. We have to make sure that the gutters are clear so that the water can flow. And the gutters of our heart, because my goodness, if we know what's happening in our hearts, it seems like a gutter, huh? Nee. 
Let's look at what Paul says about a marriage. Ephesians 5.22. Oh my goodness, if you read it, you feel yeah, falling short all over again. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husbands, are you loving your wife? Are you pouring that love into her when the skies are clear? Wives, are you submitting to your husband in a beautiful way as we see it in Ephesians 5? And then kids, are you building your kids? Or are you letting them grow wild? That was a pun. Didn't work. Because if they just grow, they will grow wild. We're called to bend and to shape and to form and to adjust and to make sure that, that we are shaping them and correcting them for the bad things they learn from us. That's the weirdest thing. Most of the time I need to correct things in my son that I am just seeing him do what I do. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is bad. <laughs> right. But we should build, we should deposit love, trust, and care into them when it's beautiful weather outside so that they know that they have a covering and protection when the times of testing and the storms come, that they know that they're safe and dry, so that they know this way they can learn and experience the blessing that flows out of an Ephesians 5 marriage that we just read. They understand the protection and the covering of the church and the oneness of what we read in John 17 now, and they desire it and build their lives upon the rock of Jesus. It won't just happen accidentally. I have to work on Alex from the early afternoons already to have him here in front of me in worship, and it's uncomfortable and maybe distracting to you, but grace to you for bearing with him. But when there's a moment where he experienced the Spirit and I can see it in his eyes, when he gets comfortable with the things of the Spirit, with people dancing around him, shouting the name of Jesus, when he's comfortable lying down and just relaxing in the presence of God, then I know I'm building him to his true Father. I'm building him to, for his heart to reflect the true Christ, not just my bends and quirks that I'm building into him. Okay. Building our finances. Now you really have to open your heart. Because this is probably the worst thing that people want to do and try and figure out on their own. I come out of a household where that was the most private thing, probably. But it's not. Okay? It's not about building wealth. It's about building stewardship. Are you a steward of the little that God has given you? So that you can be a steward of the much God will grant you or wants to grant you whether that's in finances, whether that's in souls, 
whether that's in responsibility, steward what the Lord gives you well. All right. And that is the one where the storms will probably never end. I've seen this. The storm in your finances will probably never die out. And in one way, it's to keep you humble and dependent on God. And the other one, it's because God knows the pride that's in your heart and that you will probably defect to your finances when he gives you much. So give grace and honor to God that he keeps you in that place. But bring people alongside you. Get those budgets in place. Do what you need to do to make sure that you build well when there's not a lot of debt, when there's good seasons in finances, because there are some uptimes, but make sure that you learn those lessons well, because that is the worst lessons to learn, to try and build kingdom values into your finances when it's hailing outside and a thunderstorm. That's Aina. That is very sore. And it's not impossible, but it's sore. So do it while the skies are clear. Okay. So how do you do that, practically? When there's enough in a month, ask someone to come and look. Hey, am I, doing, am I a good steward with the excess or the enough that there is? Are you tithing faithfully when there's enough and when there's little, but there's always little? So when there's enough, where you feel there's enough, are you, are you being diligent in your tithe and your offering? Are you giving generously when there's enough? Because when the testing and the storm comes, your character has been built and solidified, and that will continue no matter what the storm is happening around you. Okay. So I want to land this. So who was at 412 conference? Who saw the storm? <laughs> so maybe what I've said have resonated in your heart because it's quite a recent experience, really, right? We didn't camp. That's not the point. But <laughs> it's not about the camp. It's not about the camp. Okay, so this is what I experienced as, I, as we head home from, from 412. This is what I felt, and this is where the word started for me is, we got to the conference the first day, and we walked onto the farm, and I looked at the structure. Now, given my theater background and having worked events and festivals, I know the immense amount of work and planning that went into building that structure, the amount of engineers that they had to plan to sign off on those stuff, and the amount of sweat and labor that went into it. So I appreciate it. And I, I understand drama. I, no, I actually do not understand drama. I'll give you that. <laughs> That's maybe what, no, no, let me, <laughs> that's a trap, that's a trap, okay, <laughs> stick to the notes, okay, so I looked at the structure, this massive tent, and I think to myself, oh my goodness, this thing looks solid, I know the pegs that they drive into those poles are like this big and this thick, I see the straps, I look at the crossbars, and I go like, these guys have gone the extra mile to make sure this structure is sturdy. If you looked up the flaps, they had the cross um, cables running through to make sure that there's enough tension in the right places because where there's movement, that's not a good thing. When the wind blows, that's your enemy. Anyway, because the insurance companies obviously also want the certificate, otherwise they won't pay the claim. That's the first thought that went through my mind when it started raining. Yeah. 
So not my tent on the other side. So guys, camping, well done for persevering in that. Hanukkah, sorry, you missed that one, but I'm sure you heard the stories. <laughs> anyway, so I looked at the structure and I'm thinking, yo, this is solid. The guys took the time to build this well, and they didn't build this when there were 50 knot winds. They didn't build this when it was pouring outside. They didn't build this when warnings of thunderstorms were approaching. They built it when the weather was good. And that was encouraging to me, realizing that they had to plan. And they built while they went the extra mile. Even I look at it and I think, yo, maybe some of this stuff is a bit of an overkill. But they did it anyway. But thank goodness, because the Lord brought the storm. The rain came, the water came, the wind came. It was there. And I looked at it, and it wasn't in that moment that I thought, yo, they should have done better, because I knew in my heart that they've done well. But then suddenly, you could see, okay, that probably wasn't such a good idea of that little gutter they built there, Zian, <laughs> so willingly relieving the pressure from the roof as the water built up. And then suddenly, I just felt in my heart afterwards as we drove home, it's not about not trying to build well, because we're not going to make it. We're, gonna, we're not going to get it perfect. That's what I wanted to say. We're not going to get it perfect. But in this, where we do it together, there's something that we see. So when Charlie goes through a storm, I can see, Charlie, maybe in this area, you can adjust a little bit better. When a marriage goes through a tough time, we can look at it with, in perspective and in counsel as you see counsel and wisdom and say, you've built well, but in this area, maybe just deposit a little bit more love in your wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? So as water dammed up where it shouldn't have on that tent, where flaps started flapping where it shouldn't have flapped, where stuff tore where it shouldn't have tore, that's not the point. The point is, we need to build well when the weather was out because trying to deal with those pressures on those sails, what the water created. So literally, the water built up and on the sails it sat and it was, it was threatening to the people underneath. We kind of sit underneath it and Zian bravely climbed on the barrel to try and relieve the pressure. But to do that is, it takes a lot of effort. Zian was wet, he was tired, people were anxious because that's what happens when you try and deal with unforgiveness when there's a storm. That's what happens when you try and deal with offenses when you're in the thick of things. That's what happens when you try and do a budget when you've lost your work. The Lord wants us to build well when the skies are clear. He wants us to get those structures in place so that a character is good and pure and worth imitating that he can use. And yes, there's tweaks and adjustment, adjustments that happen when the storm comes. But before the time, make sure that your heart is ready, that your unforgiveness has been dealt with, that your offenses have been dealt with, that you're faithful with what the Lord has given you, that you're stewarding your children well.